Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, everyone. Just some quick notes before we start this episode. For some reason, in this episode, Daryl Hines sounds like he's calling into a radio show or something. I really don't know why it happened. Um, We could hear it, but it wasn't something that I could fix. I do apologize for that. But you can certainly hear everything he says clearly. So there's no issues with that. In the show notes, there are hot links to both of Anthony and Daryl's Twitter and Instagram accounts, as well as links to watch Overlord and The Underwoods on both CBC Gem and Hulu. Plus, there's also a link to the writers of the show's Twitter accounts. As always, there are links for the Comedy Quiz's Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram accounts. And lastly, yes, lastly, if you do enjoy the show, please do give us a rating and or review. If you want to listen to more episodes or subscribe, please subscribe. There's a link to do so on your platform of choice. Thank you, as always, for bearing with me. And I really do hope you enjoyed the show. We had a lot of fun making it. Welcome to the Comedy Quiz Podcast. Each show we pit two comedians against each other to play a game of fact or fiction. And here's your host, Mr. David Shore! Thank you, Shula Callen. I like the way you say my name. It's so nice to be here on the Comedy Quiz Fact or Fiction, where it's Overlord and the Underworld Week. Yeah, both of our contestants are involved with the CBC Gem, Nickelodeon, and BYU TV hit family comedy, Let's Meet Them First. He's an award-winning actor, writer, and improviser. He stars as the dad, Jim Underwood, an alumni of the Second City Main Stage. He's known in Canada for his recurring roles on Odd Squad, Little Mosque on the Prairie, and the Royal Canadian Air Force's New Year's specials. Please say hello to Daryl Hines. Hello, Daryl. Hey, David Shore. Hello. Nice to be here. So nice to have you here, and I and I like that you're in your own soundproof booth. You sound like you're in a soundproof booth, but (laughs) but I'll explain that in a moment. Let's meet our other contestant. He's an award-winning writer, producer, and director. He's the co-creator and showrunner of Overlord and the Underwoods. His writing and producing credits include the U.S. version of The Office, the Parker Andersons, Amelia Parker, and the Secret Life of Boys, for which he won a BAFTA. Yeah, a BAFTA. Please welcome Anthony Q. Farrell. Hello, Anthony. Hey, hello. So nice to be here. Thank you for giving me an opportunity to destroy Daryl in front of millions of people. Never going to happen. It's never going to happen. 
Well, and it won't be in front of millions just because no one can see us. We can see each other. Just so everyone who's listening out there in the world, the millions that are listening, because this podcast is huge. Uh, we're recording this via an online platform because that way I don't have to take up too much of these guys' time. And, and But we can see each other. Daryl's Daryl is a huge Superman fan and he is in a, a Fortress of Solitude. That's what it sounds like he's in uh, right now. Let's get to the show. So the way the comedy quiz works is I'm going to read a statement and then each contestant will have to decide if that statement is fact or fiction. Please feel free to play along at home. And our main topic today is Canadian and U.S. history. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Let's see. And it's a particular type of history, as you'll find out as I ask the questions. Let's play. Here's your first statement. The United States had an invasion plan for Canada called Joint Army and Navy Basic War Plan Red. Fact or fiction? Daryl, why don't we start with you? Uh, okay, so I just want to say right off the bat, Anthony has an advantage because he's lived in both Canada and the States. I've only lived in Canada. So um, right now I'm going to call foul on this entire show. This is all a farce. <laughs> but <laughs> but let's see. Uh, you know what? I think. Uh, America is just paranoid enough to be fearful of everything surrounding them. So, of course, they must be uh, quite shaking in their boots over the skill that Canadians have um, and have always had in we're very sneaky people. You know, we are <laughs> always trudging through the tundra and the Americans know this. So I wouldn't doubt it that they have a uh, they had a, a plan to, to sneak up to us and and catch us first. So I'm going to say that statement is absolutely 100% true. Okay, so you're going to say it's a fact? Uh, fact. Anthony, what about you? Do you think it's fact or fiction? I absolutely think it's, I think definitely America has some sort of plan for Canada. What I, I did have a quick, what was the name of the, of the plan? What did they say? So the plan, and by the way, it's they had a plan, right? So this is okay. in the past. They had a plan to invade Canada called Joint Army and Navy Basic War Plan Red. Okay, okay. That name does count it does sound stupid enough to have been created <laughs> by <laughs> both the Navy and the Army together. And having been to Newfoundland as well, like I just know that there are times when Americans would come to those ports and just be like, What are y'all up to? What's going on over here? So <laughs> I I do just from hearing from people I know from that part of the world. I think it's absolutely a fact that America would be worried uh, in the past and maybe probably in the present too about Canada and what they're up to. So I would say I would say that's a fact. Okay, so you're both going to say it's a fact. Let's find out. Yeah. It's a fact. Heck yeah, it Ooh. is. That's right. It's a fact. The plan was devised in 1930 and then updated in 1934 and then again in 1935. And then the plan was declassified <laughs> in 1974. Okay. And I love how they called it War Plan Red because, you know, they're they're really concerned that Canada is a bunch of communists because they don't know the difference between uh, social democracy and communism. So uh, <laughs> it's, it's we're all reds, all of us. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's it's funny you say that because that's going to relate to another part of the question, which not this Ooh. one, but coming up, you're almost, you're, you're, I think you're in the zone, Daryl. Let's let's see. Head of the game, man. Our next statement is the first phase of War Plan Red called for the encirclement and capture of Ottawa. Fact or fiction, Anthony? Why don't we start with you this time? I, I so I think 
I think they'd be more worried about other parts of the country because Ottawa is so landlocked. I think if you shut down something else that's kind of like near the water or um, or with a bigger population, that might be the thing to worry about. So I, I think they'd be more focused on Montreal or uh, Toronto because they're like, it's easier to escape. So I, I think, I think that's fiction. Okay. You think it's fiction, Daryl, what about you? What do you think? I'm uh, see, I don't, I hate to agree with Anthony here and it's not because he went first that I'm going to say this. <laughs> I'm not copying Anthony's answer. This is an answer I came up with myself. I'm going to say it's fiction as well, because we all know that uh, no Americans know that Ottawa is the capital of Canada. So they all think, <laughs> <laughs> they all think Toronto is the capital. So <laughs> I'm going to say they headed straight for Toronto or at the time, it, uh, York, was it called York? They're like, that's the place. And they had no clue that there was a, a, a another place that that we held all of our valuables in. So I'm going to say it's fiction. <laughs> all right. So you're both saying fiction. Let's find out. It's fiction. Yeah. Once again, yeah! you are both correct. You know, initially I had it as being... <laughs> The encirclement of Toronto, but I thought eh, no one's going to think it's Toronto. But maybe you would have <laughs> thought that more. Uh, the actual plan called for, I believe, a three-prong attack. It called for the capture of the port city of Halifax to cut off British reinforcements, the capture of Montreal and Quebec. Which Anthony, I think you had, you could have had a career in the military. That's what you said. That <laughs> they capture Montreal. That as well, they wanted to capture the railway center in Winnipeg and capturing of the strategic nickel mines in northern Ontario. So that oh, was wow. uh, that was the plan. Because remember, this was all drawn okay. up in the 30s, right? So, well, it's a tight game, two to two. Let's go to our next statement. The American military came up with War Plan Red due to the fear of a communist government being elected in Canada. Fact or fiction? Daryl, you, you, you kind of alluded to this earlier. What do you think? Well, like I said, man, and the, Americans don't know what a socialized democracy is. So I'm going to say that is going to be a fact because uh, Americans are like, uh, what they their healthcare is free, communism, a hundred percent communism. So they they have a deep fear of anything where people are sharing. So <laughs> I'm going to say that is one hundred percent fact. Okay, so you're saying it's a fact, Anthony. What about you? What do you think? I I'm going to go fiction. So we're going to this. The tie is going to be broken now. And I tell yes, you, it is. Yeah. I think because um, I don't remember when healthcare started, but I felt I feel like it was after the 1930s. I think they're more um, they're less concerned about communism, more concerned about um, just their natural um, fear of everything that's not America. Um, <laughs> that to me is probably why. And also, like, I think also the Great Depression and where that where are their resources nearby and those kinds mm-hmm. of things to me I'm, I think it's just more about like the colonization of the world instead of the the, the fear of Canada uh, infiltrating them with with happiness okay so you are <laughs> saying that it's fiction and Daryl says it's a fact let's find out it's fiction that's oh. right, <laughs> that's right again, it's fiction I have to say it's because Anthony lives in the States. That's all this is. This is, this is absolute lunacy. I th- well, I will say I Anthony think was like right. Now. 
healthcare did come in. I think healthcare came in like in the mid or late 60s, right? With Tommy Douglas, you know, first getting it started in uh, Saskatchewan, and then he became leader of the NDP and they brought it in. But yeah, the plan was derived in case of a trade war with Great Britain leading to an actual war. And the US military feared that Great Britain would use Canada as a staging ground for attacks on the US. So that's the Ooh, reason behind the British. The plan. It's the fear of the British. It's very true. Let's move on to our next statement. Not to be outdone, the Canadian and British military devised its own invasion plan of the U.S. called Brock's Gambit. Fact or fiction? Anthony, let's start with you. (laughs) Okay, that's just, it's too funny that that's Brock's Gambit is the name of Canada's plan to get into America, which I, oh man, it's I just need to think this through for a second because it's it's <laughs> funny because like the idea of them being like, well, we might have to invade America at some point <laughs> is already funny enough. And then for them to be like, well, let's see what the plan would be and to put it together. Oh, man. It's funny because it feels like something that a government would do because governments are weird. But it also <laughs> just feels slightly too stupid to be real. I'm going to have to go with fiction on this one. Okay, you are saying fiction, Daryl. What about you? What do you think? Okay, well, here's the thing. I'm going to have to disagree with Anthony here. That that name is is he is what he is correct about is that it is quite ridiculous and stupid. Um, <laughs> but uh, I'm I'm it's it's right along the lines of of what I see happening because see, America will come up with something really cool and badass sounding like war playing red and and. The British in Canada decide, you know, Rock's Gambit is <laughs> is our is our counter to War Plan Red. It's going to be Brock's Gambit. That sounds totally like a, a Canadian British collab to me. Brock's Gambit. So I'm going to say that is fact. All right, you're saying it's fact. Anthony says fiction. Let's find out. It's fiction. Rock's Gambit is fiction. However, can I would watch did... that movie though? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it sounds like a good film. Darn, that is um, a Cumberbatch. <laughs> as, <laughs> as General Brock, he was Major General Brock. So mm. uh, there was—I don't know if you know—there's a there's a statue of Brock like uh, near the American border where he's supposedly giving the finger to the Americans because he <laughs> held back the American invasion in 1812. So oh. uh, that that's why I chose the name Brock Gambit. I put some Our thought into these things. Yeah, that's right. There's a lot of stuff named after after Brock. Uh, Canada did have a defensive plan of invading the U.S. should it sense a coming invasion. And that plan was called Defense Scheme 1. And mm-hmm. our last statement in this section, in order to prepare for Defense Scheme 1, both Canada and Great Britain sent teams of spies to live in U.S. border towns posing as British and Canadian immigrants when in fact they were gathering information on infrastructure and military installations, fact or fiction? Daryl, what do you think? Okay, well, that uh, uh, I can see that happening. Of course, the problem is that they all came up. Uh, all the British spies came, or the American spies came up to Canada, and uh, in order to blend in, they just started saying a boot all the to everyone, <laughs> and it gave. <laughs> Gave them away a hundred percent. They're like a boot, and everybody up here is like, "Who says a boot?" And they're like, "We do, eh? We are Canadian, just like you. What about that?" But <laughs> I'm going to say that's true. That is true, is what it is. 
because American. Okay, you're saying it's fact. Anthony, what do you think? Fact or fiction? I also think it's fact. I think it's incredibly easy for white people to blend in with other white people, especially <laughs> especially at that <laughs> in those times. And it, it just doesn't, you know, it's not as, it wasn't as difficult a thing as it would be now. You'd be kind of like, I don't know, take a horse and go up there and see what's happening. I feel like that's, that's an easy thing to do. <laughs> so I, I, I have to go, I have to say that's, that's, that feels like a fact to me. You're, so you're both saying it's a fact. Okay. So you're yeah. both on board uh, with this. Let's find out. It's fiction. That's right. Ah! It is fiction. Anthony, while you are correct, it is easy for white people to blend in in white countries. <laughs> but but this, this part of the defense plan uh, is, is something I made up. In truth, the Canadian plan was the brainchild of Canada's director of military operations and intelligence named James Sutherland Brown, also known as Buster Brown. No relation to the shoe or the cartoon character. And with an annual budget of only $1,200, Brown would cross the border himself in plain clothes and drive to areas he thought to invade and take pictures of it, or he'd pick up free maps at gas stations. I thought that was crazier. To, to like put that. <laughs> so, all right. Let's see uh, where we are at the end of round one. You don't need to, uh, you don't need to, we don't need to see. I think we do. Oh, we should uh, find we'll, out the score. Yeah, we should definitely yeah, we should find score. out the score. Oh, I don't think Anthony, Anthony is in the lead four to two. And oh. Daryl, if you don't pick it up, you're going to get a... Oh no! That's where you're at. Fiction. That's a fiction. fiction. That's fiction. <laughs> so, Anthony's ahead, but this is the time of the show we get to meet our contestants a little bit. Anthony, you are the co-creator and showrunner of Overlords and the Underwoods. For people who are unfamiliar with the show, can you tell us about it? Yeah, it, it's a it's a family show. Great for we say it's great for people, kids four to one hundred and four. The basic premise is. Uh, there's a wonderful family named the Underwoods, and Daryl plays the dad, Jim Underwood. And they, um, his wife, Flower Underwood, has a very distant relative from a planet far away who needs some, needs to be hidden away. He's in witness protection. Overlord is the second worst villain in the entire uh, universe. He rats out his boss and um, needs to be uh, tucked away until it's time for a, uh, until it's time for some space court. So, uh, <laughs> Space <court. I> love <laughs> so, Space so yeah, so it's a fish out of water story. Think about like Alf with, you know, but instead of Alf, it's Darth Vader who is <laughs> who's hanging out in the house. Um, Unless there's less cat eating as well. There's less, <laughs> slightly less cat eating. Uh, we, you know, we we take care of the animals on the show. Um, but yeah, that's that's the basic premise. We had a lot of fun putting it together. And it's a fun show. Like I've been watching it and I've been laughing a lot. And I have to say, Daryl, don't be offended, but but uh, the role of Overlord, I'm like, oh my God, this role is hilarious from like an acting point of view. And I have to ask you, because it is someone in like a Darth Vader type outfit. Is the mm-hmm. actor in the suit the same person who's voicing it, um, Anthony? I'm just curious about that. Yes. Troy okay. Feldman, he initially the plan was to, he was just going to be the body and just the just do that side of it. And we were going to hire someone else to do the voice. While he was doing the voice on set, it was so funny and so good. He won himself the role through wow. <laughs> uh, through all the uh, all the shooting, and it's just one of those things where we're so glad uh, it worked out because he's excellent in the role. Yeah, he, I got to say, I love the voice. It's really, it's yeah. very funny. It's it's there's it's a very funny show. And Daryl, you are yeah. the dad, Jim Underwood. 
And your dad in real life as well. Do your daughters enjoy correct. the show? Do they? Do they, they like the show? They do. They like this is one of the only shows that I've I've done a few shows, and this is one of the only shows that they've actually sat down and really enjoyed and wanted to keep watching over and over and go back and watch again and keep watching the show full out. And I'm like, oh, so wow. um, what? What's uh, what was wrong with the other things that I did? <laughs> <laughs> They're like, oh, it just wasn't as funny. I'm like, yeah, I agree. I agree. This is and this you is wear ridiculous. you wear some short shorts in a couple of the episodes. Unfortunately, that is true. Yes, I do uh, wear some <laughs> short shorts. Uh, so there is an episode where it is revealed that my character Jim really loves wearing when he goes jogging. He loves wearing uh, really short shorts, and I saw it in the script, and I was like, oh, damn, because I hate in real life. <laughs> I don't wear shorts. I've always had uh, chicken legs. My legs get go down to like toothpicks around the ankle. So I've always been self-conscious about my legs. I hate wearing shorts. Not even in the dead of summer do I wear shorts. And I saw in the <laughs> script, oh, he wears these short shorts and he's really proud of them. Uh, and I was like, okay, it's fine. It's only one script. Next thing I know, we're doing the read-throughs and uh, script number two with me wearing the short shorts. Script number three with me wearing the short shorts. There's like I think four scripts where I uh, where I have to throw these things on and just a full day of me on set wearing these tight short shorts <laughs> it was my nightmare my absolute nightmare but hey that's Anthony for you he just loves torturing yeah. his actors yeah once I found out it was a problem we put it into two more scripts <laughs> I love Daryl the hardest part of the show for you is I had to wear shorts seriously. <laughs> It was. I mean, it's a dream in every other scenario. Like the actors were great. The you know the script was hilarious. Everything was great. It's just these damn shorts, man. Constantly being thrown these shorts. Okay. Well, let's move on to the speed round. In this round, I'll be making a series of statements to just one contestant at a time. Uh, Daryl, since you're behind, you get to go first, and you get to great. choose between our two topics, which are airports and tableware. Tableware. I don't even know what tableware is. Uh, tableware oh. would be things you put on the table to like, you know, for dinner or, or lunch. Okay. Tableware. Uh, I will, uh, I'll, because I, I'm not confident in my tableware abilities, I'm going to go with airports. Okay. <laughs> so you're choosing airports. Here is your first statement. Toronto's Pearson International Airport was originally called Peel Regional Airport. Fact or fiction? I'm going to say uh, because uh, uh, Lester B. Pearson was such a, a dominant, dominant human being. I'm going to say that is fiction. It's always been Lester B. Pearson. He's the man. I don't know if he was. I don't know anything about history. <laughs> it is fiction, but your reasoning is completely incorrect. It was originally <laughs> called Malton Airport because it's in Malton in the, P- in, the, in the region of Peel. And then it became Toronto International Airport. And then in the 80s, it was renamed Pearson International Airport to honor I knew that. former prime minister and winner of the Nobel Peace Prize, uh, Lester B. Pearson. Uh, let's go to your next statement. Dubai International Airport is the busiest airport in the world. Fact or fiction? Uh, I'm going to say because that the the Wiz, <laughs> I was going to say the Wiz Khalifa. <laughs> it's not called the Wiz Khalifa. <laughs> It's called the Burj Khalifa because that's such like a popular thing and it's now become like a destination uh, for like celebrities and people. I'm going to say, yeah, man, that is true. It is the busiest airport. It is actually fiction. Oh, so, man. Yeah. Atlanta, Hartsfield, 
Atlanta, Hartsfield, yeah. Jackson Airport is the busiest airport in the world. There you go. I was going to say that again because of my American heritage. <laughs> I, lived in, I lived in Atlanta for a couple of years and I was like, they would brag about that everywhere I went. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. It's something I didn't know until I looked this up. Let's move on to Daryl, your next statement on airports. King Fahd International Airport in Saudi Arabia is the largest airport in the world. Fact or fiction? Uh, King Fahd Saudi Arabia. I'm going to say that is going to be a... Uh, Oh God, the pressure is on now because I'm just, <laughs> I'm crap in the bed. Uh, I'm going to say that is a fact. It is the largest airport in the world because man, there's that desert is big. <laughs> in Saudi Arabia. You got, you got to fill up the space. There's space to fill up. So there you go. All right. All right. You're saying it's a fact and it is a fact. Hey, King Fahd International takes up nearly 300 square miles. So it takes up a good chunk. Oh my God. Because the desert is big. Desert there. It is big. You are right. Let's move on to your next uh, statement. According to Travel and Leisure Magazine, two of the top 10 airports in the world in 2021 are in Tokyo. Fact or fiction? Man, Tokyo is always putting out the high quality. I mean, they've got the, the video games and electronics. I'm going to say that's true, man. They, they, they know how to build a good high tech. If they can build toilets that, that talk to you, then I'm sure they can do... <laughs> high quality airports as well. All right. You're on a roll, Daryl, because that is once again, correct. You are right. Damn. Handara Airport is sixth, is ranked sixth as like top airports in the world. And Narita International was ranked eighth. Yeah. And overall, there were three airports in Japan in the top 10 and two of them in Tokyo. There you go. There you go. All right, Daryl, your last question in airports. The runway at Gibraltar Airport is considered one of the scariest in the world because a busy road cuts across it. Fact or fiction? <laughs> That's really stupid. Uh, I'm gonna say that is, <laughs> because that is is so. I can't imagine that just being made up. I'm going to say that is true uh, because I see no scenario in which a road cuts across uh, across a runway that somebody's like that. That's not the thing that happened. So yeah, that's going to be that's going to be true. All right, you're saying it's a fact. And guess what? It is a fact. And it is crazy. The busiest street in Gibraltar, which I believe is Winston Churchill Boulevard, cuts right through the runway and the traffic has to come to a complete stop if there's a plane landing or taking off. Plus, the runway also extends into the sea. So it's scary for two reasons. (laughs) Yeah. So there we go. So, uh, Daryl, well done. I think you got, got almost all of them. So that's good. And so, Anthony... All right. You are going to be in the tableware section. Let me. Can I just do the questions that Daryl just did? <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right. I, I'm good with tableware. I've, I've, I've been married and I've been given many things. Okay. Well, let's see if you've been given any of these things. Anthony. All right. The first proto or pre-napkins were lumps of dough. Fact or fiction? Holy hell. That's what you come out the gate with? <laughs> 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 um... I I don't have any reason for this. It sounds it sounds like why would you be wiping yourself with dough? I'm gonna have to say it's fiction. All right, you say it's fiction. I'm sorry, Anthony. It is a fact. What? Why? Yeah, it's a fact. They that it was the Spartans. You know, we're talking way back. The Spartans yeah. used to clean their oily fingers on pieces of dough. So there you go. Hot diggity dog. Yeah. So Anthony, the next question relates to the first one. When done with the raw dough proto-napkins, the Spartans baked and ate them. The cooked version was called saccata. Fact or fiction? All right. Well, 
I definitely would think they would have to cook them after they're done wiping their greasy fingers all over them <laughs> because the heat would then burn off the germs. And I don't think, I don't feel like the Spartans are a wasteful bunch. So I'm going to have to say that's a fact. Okay. You're saying, you're not saying it's a fact, it's a fact. So you're fact. not totally sure. But, and guess what, Anthony? You're incorrect. It is fiction. They what? did not Why take did it they? and eat it. No, but they did. Your logic is correct. They didn't waste it. The dough was fed to dogs to eat. So they fed their dogs with this proto napkin. Okay. Let's see if you can get the next one right. All right, tableware. I got to get. All right, here we go. Leonardo da Vinci invented the cloth napkin in 1491. Fact or fiction? Uh, Leonardo da Vinci, 1491. I'm trying to think if I've seen, if in my mind, if I've seen any, uh, if any of the royals before then would have used some kind of napkin. Like I'm trying to remember when King Henry was doing this. He had a lot of food all the time, but I feel like mm-hmm. King Henry was always eating stuff based on the cartoons I've seen. <laughs> I gotta go. That I'm gonna have to say that's 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 fiction. We, we hit it before that. 1491. Come on, we're we're better than this as a as a as a society. Okay, you're saying it's fiction, and guess what? You yep. are correct. It is fiction. Yes. It is actually a common myth that comes from a book called Leonardo's Kitchen Notebook, which was published as a joke on April Fool's Day in 18. Sorry, in 1987. So it's a modern wow. myth about Leonardo da Vinci. Let's go to your next. Statement, forks were once considered immoral and a tool of the devil. Fact or fiction? Oh, this feels definitely like something, um, the whole religious Christian. I feel like the pitchfork and the devil, I feel like that's that comes from someplace. It's got to come from someplace. I think this is a fact. You are correct. It is a fact. And your logic is bang on because the word fork comes from the Latin furca, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, which means pitchfork. So it does come from pitchfork. So you're bang See, on there. It's all about watching kids watch cartoons. <laughs> <laughs> cartoons, which you don't make, Anthony. Let's let's point that out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Your last question. New Jersey is home to a spoon museum. Fact or fiction? <laughs> I wish the Fujis had a rap about this because then I would know for <laughs> sure if it was if it was something that was in New Jersey. Um, a spoon museum. No, I know a few people who live in Jersey and who, um, have, are from Jersey. They've never once bragged about their spoon museum, Mm -hmm. um, which I think is the kind of thing I personally would brag about. So, um, I'm going to have to say that's fiction. All right. You say it's fiction. I'm sorry. It is a fact. What? That's right. The Spoon Museum has more than 5,000 spoons, but it only displays 250 at a time and it rotates its display. So if you visit <laughs> it more than once, you'll see different spoons. Oh, <laughs> I, man. Officially, all my friends from Jersey, you've let me down. They have let you down because guess what? We yeah. have tiebreaker question. Oh, oh that's, right. that's right, gentlemen. That's right. It's our first tie. It's six sticks. And we, we tossed a coin. At the beginning of the game, and Daryl won. Daryl, you get to choose if you want to answer the question or if you want Anthony to answer the question. Okay, Ooh. well, listen, uh, I'm not confident in Anthony's ability to not cheat, so I am going to <laughs> I am going to answer this question. Okay, Daryl, here we go. Here is your uh, tiebreaker question for the win. For the right. win, there is a website dedicated to the U.S. invading Canada called invadecanada.us. 
fact or fiction? Uh, okay, so uh, I do a lot of web surfing. I, I surf the web all the time. I go, I go onto the dark web a lot. Uh, <laughs> you seem like the type. <laughs> yeah, I'm always searching for those controversial uh, websites. And I have to say, I've come across this website once or twice just to see what the inside scoop is. So I'm going to say this is a fact. There's just enough. Uh, if QAnon can exist, then this for sure exists. I guarantee you. So it is a okay. fact. So you're saying it's a fact. If you are yeah. correct, you're the winner. But if you're not, Anthony is the winner. Let's find out. It's a fact. Yeah. Oh! That's right. It is a fact. Daryl's doing a dance. <laughs> oh, no. He's very excited. It's a fact. It's an older website, but it's still active. It's a satire site. One of the reasons it gives for invading Canada is because, quote, it's possible. Why go to the moon? Because it's there. Same with Canada. It's just colder than the moon, which is which could be correct sometimes. It could be correct. That's right. And guess what, everybody? That is the end of the show. Woo! Hey. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'd like to thank our contestants, Daryl Hines and Anthony Q. Farrell. You can follow Daryl on Twitter and Instagram at Hindsight. That's with two S's, H-I-N-D-S-S-I-G-H-T. And Anthony on Twitter at A.Q. Farrell with a double R and a double L there at the end. You can also follow their show on Twitter at O-A-T-U underscore writers. If you like today's show, please give us a review and hit subscribe. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Comedy Quiz Pod. My name is David Shore. On behalf of Shuli Cowan and myself, thank you for listening, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Yeah. I won. Pulled it up, my Get in my teeth. <laughs>